the end of the battle, the Lord said, I will wage war with the Amalekites from generation to generation until they are no more. And the last Amalekite to bite the dust is the bad guy in the book of Purim. He is an Agagite. And Agag was the king of the Amalekites, and thus he was a descendant of Agag, one of the Amalekite kings. So you get to use the groggers very sparingly. (laughs) Whenever we read the name, say the name of the bad guy. No, no, and uh, you won't be able to do that. (laughs) He's he's, uh, practicing his ambidextrousness. So in the book of Esther, and it's really kind of neat that we're looking at the book of Esther today because over the last week, we started the book of Nehemiah. And this is during the same era under the same kings, the kings of Persia. And that is why it's also neat. We just finished the book of Daniel, which told us a great deal about the kings of Babylon, the kings of Persia. So we're now going back in time to the time when the kings of Persia were reigning over the Jewish people and permitted the Jewish people or were permitting them to return to the land of promise. But in Persia and in the capital of Shushan, things are not quite calm for the Jewish people. As the book opens up, we're told that Azuaris, Xerxes, as I remember it in the synagogue, Achashverosh, I'll never forget the first time I went into an Old Testament class in, in uh, Bible college, and they said, Azuaris. And I thought, Azuaris, who is that? Because we always, always pronounce him Achashverosh. Well, he's the king on the throne, and he's having a party. And it's not an, a, uh, a typical party, because if you look at verse 4, it says, for a full 180 days... He displayed his vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. That's like six months of partying. It's like from Hollywood, you know. And so in chapter one, he's throwing this party. And in the midst of this party, he wants to bring out his lovely wife, Vashti, to show off to all the people. So that's right, it's in the family. They're sort of changing the tradition. We're now going to do the groggers when we say Vashti? You know, is that the thing? No, no, no. Vashti's okay. Vashti's okay. But Vashti would not appear for the king before all the people. And this raised a real problem, not for the king so much, but for the rest of the men in the kingdom of Persia. Because they said if the queen will not obey the king, How could we expect the wives to obey their husbands the way they should? (laughs) This isn't being recorded, right? You know, so. So they all say, we can't tolerate this kind of nonsense. And so they say to Ahasuerus, divorce Queen Vashti and choose another queen who will be more compliant, more obedient, and will be more respectful of the king. So he, so he, and you know, I never raise my hands. Hallelujah. So he throws a beauty pageant in order to decide what woman he will now have to be his wife. The woman that he chooses is Esther. Esther is Jewish. And Esther is being, yay, we could say yay to Esther. Okay. Enough yay, just enough. 
And so Esther is chosen as queen. Now Esther is being raised by her, some say cousin, uncle, relative, Mordecai. And he is the hero. (laughs) Okay. Is uh, Mordecai. And Mordecai, if you look at chapter 2, had the uh, dubious distinction of having to have been hanging out at the king's gate at the right time. Now, those that hung out at the king's gate were generally the elders of the city. They sort of pontificated about what was going to be law, what was going to be decided in the city. But at this particular occasion, Mordecai overhears Bigtha and Teresh conspiring to assassinate the king. So, Mordecai informs informs uh, Esther, who in turn informs, <laughs> yeah, that's right, I forgot you guys added things, uh, but uh, he informs Esther, who informs the proper authorities of the coming assassination plot, and Ahasuerus's life is spared. So in chapter 3, after these events, King Ahasuerus honored Haman. <laughs> See, this is the this is the Arnold Schwarzenegger model. You know, that's what this is. You know, you got to use two hands. Then you got to be careful with it too. You know? Beverly, stop it now. Elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. And all the royal officials and all the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to him. Uh Uh-uh. Haman. For the king had commanded his, uh, this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down and pay him honor. Then the royal officials in the king's gate, they asked Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day, they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman. To see whether Mordecai's behavior would be... Thank you, Rick. Whether Mordecai's... Behavior would be tolerant for, for he, you know, I'm smiling too much. My eyes are closing and it has nothing to do with needing new glasses. Nothing at all. But uh, so where were we? Oh, for he had told them he was a Jew. But when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down before Haman, and that Mordecai would not pay Haman any honor. <laughs> that's, not, that's not exactly the way it is in the text, but I was having so much fun. He, that uh, his behavior would not be, would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. Okay, okay. That's right. <laughs> right. Oi is right. 
So uh, when Haman, you know, there's like nine chapters and we're like on the third verse of chapter one. So we're going to speed things up sometime. So Mordecai wouldn't obey. So instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jewish people throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Okay. So when Mordecai learned of all that Haman had done in setting a time when the Jewish people could be hunted down and killed and persecuted, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. But he went only as far as the king's gate because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict and order of the king came to destroy the Jewish people, there was great mourning among the Jewish people. With fasting, weeping, and wailing, many lay in sackcloth and ashes. And Esther's... No, it's, it's ah. It's ah. Right, that's... Let's try that again. So when Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him to put on instead of the sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther summoned Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs, hold on, assigned to attend her and ordered him to find out what was troubling Mordecai. So Hatak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city where Mordecai was standing in front of the king's gate before Mordecai. And Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jewish people. He also gave him a copy of the text of the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa, the capital, to show to Esther and explain it to her. So when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent this answer to her. Mordecai wants Esther to go before the king to plead for his mercy. But Esther told Mordecai that if she's not summoned by the king first, he could not extend his scepter of acceptance, and the result would be that she would be executed. So Esther tells Mordecai of this fact, And thus, Esther is telling Mordecai, I'm basically reluctant to go. So so when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. 
Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of the Jewish people will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jewish people will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? But that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. So Esther goes out. She goes before the king. And she says to the king, I would like to invite you to a banquet. And the king accepts. She goes to the banquet and she says to the king, the king says, hey, listen, I'll give you up to half the kingdom, whatever your request is. And Esther says, I'd like you. I'd like you to come to another banquet. And the king says, "Okay." And she says, and I want Haman. To come as well. But Haman is really upset because Mordecai continues to refuse to bow down to him. So he goes home and he says to his wife, what should I do about this Mordecai? Because he will not bow down to me. So they come up with an idea and they say, let's have a gallows built about 75 feet high and to have Haman, I mean, excuse me, Mordecai (laughs) hung on it. (laughs) Then go with the king to the dinner and be happy. So Haman was delighted, and so he had the gallows built. Now, when you get to chapter 6, we find that that night before dinner with the queen, the king could not sleep. And because he could not sleep, he figured he would like to have a bedtime story read to him so he could sleep. And what better bedtime story to have read to yourself than all of your great accomplishments? So they start reading of all of these great accomplishments and they come down to a point in time in his history, in his past, when Mordecai had made known to the king the assassination attempt on his life. So that sort of perks the king up and he says, has anything been done to honor this man? And they look through the book and they say, you know, there's nothing written down here. There's nothing here. So the king now falls asleep thinking about how he might honor Mordecai for saving his life. Haman is thinking that same night, he's thinking about going to the king in the morning to ask for Mordecai's life to have him hung on the gallows which he had built. So, the next day, the king and Haman went to dine with the queen. And I've missed some things here, but 
forgive me. But as they were drinking wine on that second day, the king again asked, what is your petition? It will be given to you. And the king uh, and the queen says, if I have found favor with you, O king, and if it pleases your majesty, grant me my life. This is my petition. Spare my people. This is my request. For I and my people have been sold for destruction and slaughter and annihilation. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I would have kept quiet. Because no such distress could justify disturbing the king. Talk about tact. And King Ahasuerosh asked Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is the man who has dared to do such a thing? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this vile Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the queen. The king got up in a rage, left his wine. He must have been really angry. And went out into the palace garden. But Haman, realizing that the king had already decided his fate, stayed behind to beg Queen Esther for his life. And just as the king returned from the palace garden to the banquet hall, Haman, fell on the couch where Esther was reclining. The king exclaimed, will he even molest the queen while she is with me in the house? As soon as the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Then one of the eunuchs attending the king said, O king, A gallows 75 feet high stands by Haman's house. And by the way, he had it made for Mordecai, who saved your life and to whom you are indebted, and who spoke up to help the king. The king said, hang Haman. on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's fury subsided. Then the king would order a counter edict which would allow the Jewish people to defend themselves, which they did. And the book then closes with these words. King Akashveros imposed tribute throughout the empire to his distant shores. All his acts of power and might together with a full account of the greatness of Mordecai. To which the king had raised him 
as they were not written in the book? Are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Media and Persia? Mordecai, the Jew, was second in rank to the king, preeminent among the Jewish people, held in high esteem by his many fellow Jews because he worked for the good of his people and he spoke up for the welfare of the Jewish people. Wow, what a story. What an event.